0: Please open your Bibles to John chapter 14. Last time we were together, we studied verses 1 through 20 of chapter 14, so today we will be picking it up in verse 21, but like I often do, I I like to kind of stay within the context of the Word, and rather than going back and reading it all, which I really do encourage you... To do if you're just kind of jumping in in the middle of this study, I really encourage you to go back and and uh, begin reading from John chapter one, or even go back and begin uh, studying along with us from John chapter one. But uh, what's taken place here is Jesus is still sitting down with his disciples at what we have come to know of as the Last Supper. It was a very intense dinner, to say the least. At this supper, Jesus was um, he had. He gave the disciples an example of how they should serve one another. He got up and he washed their feet. Um, but at this dinner here, he's also revealed to them that one of them would betray him. And now we're to the point in the story where Judas has left the room, and Jesus is just a couple hours away from being sentenced to death. Uh, but we studied last week how Jesus took the time to comfort his disciples during this very difficult hour, if you will, this this time when, wow, a lot of things are caving in on the disciples here. Jesus is dropping some pretty heavy things on them by telling them, you know, one of them is going to betray him. He told Peter that uh, Peter would deny him, you know, so it's a very intense meeting, uh, you know, gathering here. He told them that in his father's house are many mansions and he was going to prepare a place for them and that he would come back again. And we saw how he explained to them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. You know, that, that's that's very key verse. Uh, the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus. No one. No one comes to the Father except through him. Uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says that there is not salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, we'll go ahead and pick it up in verse 21 of John chapter 14. Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, this verse can... Caused some questions to pop up in our minds like, well, what does Jesus mean here that we keep his commandments? What does he mean when he says that he will manifest himself to that person that does keep his commandments? Well, there's another Judas in the bunch here. Um, and this Judas in verse 22 asked Jesus this question. He says, it says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? And not to the world. You see, Judas here is thinking about Jesus appearing to them physically, and he wonders how Jesus will do this without making himself visible to everyone else. So Jesus goes ahead and explains a little bit further to him in verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay? I want to read that verse again. Uh, If anyone loves me, Jesus said, he will do what? He will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, let's kind of go look at a few different scriptures here that will kind of support what what Jesus is teaching here. Um, Let's go back to, to John chapter three. We were there several weeks ago. But um, we'll go ahead back and just take a look at uh, one or two verses here. John chapter 3. If you remember, um, if you've read this before, or if you've studied along with us through this teaching here, Jesus has been approached by a a well-known and a very well-respected religious leader named Nicodemus. And uh, like I said, we studied that in depth in the past, so uh, I'm not going to go into a deep teaching on that, but I just want us to look at one verse here, and that is verse 3. So John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, he's speaking to Nicodemus, most shortly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, now I want you to keep that scripture in mind and go ahead and turn toward the back of your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter is just after the book of James and just before the book of 2 Peter. And uh, we're going to go ahead and look at verses uh, 13 through 25. I really just want to point out one verse, but in order to keep it within its context here, I'm going to read a lot of verses before it and some verses after it. But before I do, I want to just read that verse again in John chapter 3. But go ahead and stay there. Hopefully you're in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, So that's what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. That we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Now, verse 13 of first Peter chapter one, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written be holy for I am holy. And if you call on a father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. As of a lamb, Without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another. Fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again. Okay, so there's that word again. Having been born again. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Okay, So, so Jesus said that we must be born again. We read that in John chapter 3. And here we see how we are born again. We are born again through The word of God, which lives and abides forever. This life is temporary. All flesh, it says there, is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And, And what word is this? This is the word, it says there, that was preached to you by the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ, that He came in the flesh. He, he, he lived His life, a perfect and a sinless life. He walked on His life. He did many things, but He went to the cross to pay the price for your sin and my sin. He died on that cross. He was buried on a third day. He rose again. And now He ever lives. He ascended back into heaven, and someday He's coming again. The good news, the gospel, is that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who has come to, to cleanse us. But we also see here, we got to take all of these verses seriously and go back here in verse 13, say, of uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Gird up the, Lord of your mi- the, the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace. You see, this is being sold out to Jesus Christ. This is surrendering Your life over completely into your hands. It says that we are to be obedient children in verse 14. And not conforming ourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. What ignorance? Well, the ignorance when you didn't know Jesus Christ. The way you lived without Christ in you. But it says in verse 15, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct or your manner of life is what that word conduct means. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Okay, So, kind of continuing on here, going back to what what we see back in John chapter 14, Jesus talks about us keeping his word. and, And that shows our love for him, obeying his commandments, right? We're born again through the word of God. So, that's why, like I said, you know, I, I, I say this a lot, but I'm always going to point you back to, to the Word of God. And, and you're not going to always get the full picture through just what I teach. You need to study the Word of God for yourself, right? And we also know that the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and that's why you'll hear me quote it a lot, but it, it talks about the fact that the Word of God is living and active. It's, it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts deep within us, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. If you have never read that, I really encourage you to go read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. There is power in the Word of God, and it is through the Word of God that we are born again. And Jesus said that when we keep His Word, back in John chapter 14, that He and the Father come in us and they're with us. They make their home with us. That's what takes place. And the way that this takes place is that the Holy Spirit comes into us when we repent and we commit our lives to Jesus Christ by faith. Now that word repent tends to scare a lot of people, you know, because you you, you hear that word repent and you picture that guy standing on the corner half-dressed with a towel around him or something, screaming out, repent, you know, whatever. But repentance, it's a simple word. It's a simple word, that, and it simply means to to do like a 180, to turn around. You were walking this way in your ignorance, but now you make a choice to turn around and walk a different way. And how is that way? We walk by faith, not by sight. We talked about that last week as well salvation though is a free gift from god because he so loved the world it's offered to all it's offered to anyone out there that will receive it but it's only received by those that will turn from this world and from its sinful ways and become a follower of jesus christ you see and that's that's the hard part jesus even said early on in the gospel of john he said men love darkness rather than light they, they love their sin men and women we you know, sin is just runs rampant everywhere and it's it's so much easier to be drawn into the sinful things of this world it's and it's so much easier to, to walk by sight and not by faith so when judas is uh not iscariot i was going to say judas iscariot but it's judas not iscariot how'd you like to go through life with that, you you could say, hey, I'm, I'm Jesus' disciple, but I'm not that one. I'm Judas, Jesus' disciple, but I'm not Iscariot. Anyway, it must have been tough for him. But when Judas, not Iscariot, asked Jesus um, how he would manifest himself to them and not to the world, Jesus explained that it would happen inside of a person that keeps the ways of the Word of God, that keeps his commandments. That's what takes place. There is or there should be a clear distinction between the saved and the unsaved. The saved should be people that are keeping the teachings of the Word of God as the foundation of their lives. And they should be people of love that are going out and and sharing that love with others, but also people of truth. People that know the truth of the Word of God and are not ashamed to share the truth of the Word of God now not everyone's an evangelist don't get me wrong here not not everyone is uh you know out preaching from the pulpits and and doing all of these things. God gifts people in very different ways and and he may call you in a different way for me i'm I know I'm called to teach the Word of God as I do here, but when we abide by God's word, we are actually expressing our love for him. That's how our love is shown. we keep His commandments. We do what He desires for us to do, what he, is, what he knows is best for us to do. You know, it's like that old analogy, uh, you know, no parent in their right mind is going to let their, you know, five-year-old child play out on the freeway. You know, but, you know, I, I heard a story once, and it's just, just an analogy for this situation, what I'm talking about. But, you know, go up and you knock on the door of someone's house and say, hey, do you know your five-year-old child is out playing on the freeway? And, a, and the person says, well, that's their choice. You shouldn't judge them, and you shouldn't judge me. That's their choice. If they want to play on a freeway, that's their choice. That You, know, that you have what you have, and I have what I have. No, that child's going to get killed out there. And you know what? If you live out in accordance to this world, you live in accordance with the God of this world, the little G, not the capital G God, um, the little G God, Satan, the prince of the power of the air, who, who rules and, and, and in this dark world where sin prevails. And if you want to live in that world, hey, don't be surprised when it destroys you. John chapter 10, right? Verse 10, the thief comes to kill to, and to, to steal and to destroy. But Jesus has come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. That's the simple choice. Do you want the ways of Jesus, which are to walk in the light? To walk in the truth of his word? To walk in his goodness? To walk in love? Or do you want the ways of this world, which is to walk in darkness, which ends up leading to your destruction? And here, back in John chapter 14, verse 24, Jesus makes it clear that he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. You see, Jesus also said over in uh, uh, Luke chapter 6, I believe, um, that every tree is known by its own fruit. Every tree is known by its own fruit, Jesus said. You know, you're not going to go up and you're not going to find apples hanging from a coconut tree. Or if someone says they're a Christian but doesn't live according to the Word of God, then something's wrong with that picture. Every tree is known by its fruit. And believe me, there's a lot of hypocrites. You know, Christianity is often accused of that. People say, I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites. It's true. It's true, but what are you? It's not a matter of what everyone else is. Where are you? This is between you and the Lord. My walk with the Lord is between me and Him. I don't care what you know, a thousand other Christians may say or may believe. It's between me and the Lord. I'm going to look to His Word. I'm going to look to what He says, not to what a religion is saying, not to what all of Christianity, all of Christianity may get on some bandwagon and and start to go off and, and do something that I don't see within the Word of God, so I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not going there. Okay, so what about you? Where are you? It's between you and God. So, verse 25, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. So obviously he is present there with uh, the disciples of that time, but he's not present with us here. But verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So Jesus is not physically with us here, but by his Holy Spirit, he is with us here. So, but there you see in that verse, in verse 26, the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us and brings to our remembrance the things that Jesus said. So, you see, it's very difficult for someone that does not have the Holy Spirit indwelling them to fully understand the teachings of the Word of God because it's the Holy Spirit that teaches it. Okay, so you say, well, how does one get that Holy Spirit within them? They get that Holy Spirit when they surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And we, we all start out as babies in the Word of God. And we all start out just reading it, learning it. We're going to grow. But, but it starts with your faith being placed in Jesus Christ. Let's turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy is toward the back of your Bible. If you find one book that begins with the letter T, like Thessalonians or Titus, all the T's are together uh, in the Bible. But um, we're going to look at 2 Timothy. Of course, it's right after 1 Timothy, and it's right before Titus. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 16 and 17. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, you see, the Scriptures come directly from God, and we have them contained within our Bibles. And they're profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And by studying it, what takes place is we become complete, as it says there. We become thoroughly equipped for every good work. But here again, it's the Holy Spirit that does the teaching, right? Well, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. because. The Holy Spirit spoke through men to write all this down for us. But let's go ahead and, and turn uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's to the left of where we are now. It's between... um, um What is it between? <laughs> You'll find it. 1 Corinthians. I have, Sometimes I have to go back in my head and say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts... Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Anyway, if you need to, just grab the index on your Bible there and, and uh, open it up to that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I am want to read verses 13 and 14. Uh, it says, These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So, let's kind of put all of this together, what we've been talking about here. A person must be born again to see the kingdom of God. They become born again through the Word of God. And this takes place by the Holy Spirit teaching them of spiritual things. You see, you don't need for me to teach you from the standpoint of man's wisdom. You don't need to hear my philosophies. It is only the Word of God that will affect you internally, okay? That is why I'm committed to only teaching the Bible. When I sit down to prepare a Bible teaching like this, I am fully relying on what the Holy Spirit desires for me to see personally, and then ultimately what He wants me to convey to those that He brings out to hear these teachings. But well, let's go ahead and turn back to John chapter 14. And let's pick it up in verse 27. Jesus says in verse 27 of John chapter 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, When you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, you're studying the Word of God, you're reading the Word of God, you're beginning to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, you're finding out what Jesus is all about, who He really is. Not what religion tells you, not what the world tells you, but what His Word tells you. you. When you get to that place, you see that there's a peace that Jesus gives. And this Peace is is not the peace that is realized through a lack of war. It's not the peace that was sung about in the 60s and the 70s. The peace that Jesus gives is a peace that brings contentment to our innermost being. It's a peace within our hearts. That's what Jesus brings. And, and, and that comes to those that love Him. And that comes to those that love Him and display their love for Him by keeping His Word. Okay, This world will fail you. Life will bring you heartache and pain from time to time. And that is why we are not to trust in this world. Nor in the people of this world. People make decisions that just crush you sometimes. And they and you say, Why? Why? Why did they do this? Or why did that happen? Or why does this have to be this way? This world will fail you. There is only one who promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And he indwells us by his Holy Spirit through his living word, goes within us and gives us that peace. And that contentment. And his presence within our heart is what just brings us that hope, that contentment, that joy. Jesus goes on in verse 28. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Now, who is the ruler of this world that Jesus speaks of here in verse 30? Well, if we trace our steps back in our study of the Gospel of John, we saw in chapter 13, verse 27, what happened. Entered Judas, right? And led him to betray Jesus. Then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says that Satan has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe in the gospel. That's what takes place. Why are there so many people that do not believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why are there people just living however they want to live? Because their eyes are blind. Now, am I pointing fingers at everybody? No, because I was there. That's how I lived. Blinded to the gospel truth. Satan is at work in this world. And he is behind the the many, uh, many of the dirty deeds that are accomplished by mankind, just like what Judas did. But Satan had no power over Jesus. What Jesus did, he did for the sake of love. And Jesus says in verse 31, But that the world may know that I love the Father, as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise let us go from here so jesus says let's roll he's he's going willingly to the cross is time this is god's plan for the redemption of mankind and jesus as god in the flesh was not conquered by satan and his evilness instead jesus set his face like flint and he went to the cross to conquer sin and death by going to the cross He became our Savior. And because He rose again and now lives, He can be our Lord. But we must remain plugged into Him. We must have a love for His Word. Why do I say we must? Is it a religious thing? No. No, but you're just not going to know the truth that will set you free unless you know the Word of God. You can can give way to every wind of doctrine and all of these different movies and different shows that pop up and say, well, you know, here's this about Jesus or his disciples or whatever. But go back to the source. Go back to the word of God. Study it. Grow in the knowledge of him. Get rooted and grounded yourself so that you don't go out and, and believe all these different things out there. I want to stop this study for now for the sake of time here, but uh, I want to go ahead and our next study will probably be a, a short one, but we're going to stop here. Thanks again for listening. God bless. If you have any questions, you you uh, you know you can contact us here at the ministry at info at aloveoutreach.com. That's I-N-F-O at aloveoutreach.com. Um, love hearing from you, love answering your questions, so feel free to, to stay in contact with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless.